0: Welcome to the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. I am your host, Bobby Williams. Bow, bow Bow. Welcome. As always, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. Today, making a triumphant return to the show, we have Richard Capriola. Richard is a mental health and addictions counselor with over two decades of experience. He's also author of Help the Addicted Child. To learn more about Richard's work, or to get a copy of his book, please go to helptheaddictedchild.com. We talked about some of the changing trends in regards to addiction, believe it or not, Some positive is happening. Things have gotten overall a little better since before the pandemic. There's still a lot you need to look out for though, and we cover a lot of important ground with this interview. I know that you're gonna get something from it, so let's check it out.
1: I think it's important that they be aware of the warning signs. I have warning signs in my book, for example, on using alcohol, using marijuana. I have warning signs for a child that might be um, engaging in self-harm or developing an eating disorder. So it's like everything else. If you know the warning signs, if you know what to look for, the chances of you catching a problem early on uh, are much better than if you didn't know the warning signs or if you ignore them.
0: How do we convince young people then that these drugs are dangerous? Because I feel like a lot of parents don't feel like their children are listening to them or take them seriously when they talk about something like this.
1: Well, they don't take them seriously because, you know, telling kids that drugs are not good for them, telling them that drugs are harmful, that uh, they may not uh, get good grades or they may not graduate or get a job or go to college if they use drugs, uh, that doesn't mean anything to them. Uh, they, they don't care about it and they don't believe it. So, you know, you can tell them all you want that drugs are illegal and drugs are harmful and it's not going to register with them what i found does register with them and and may make a difference is if you talk about the neuroscience behind these substances in other words how these drugs affect the adolescent developing brain. Kids are curious. Uh, They wanna know how things work. They wanna know how their brains and bodies work. So if you can have a discussion with them about how the brain works and how important it is to protect the developing brain and get them to understand that their brain is in the process of developing and maturing and won't become fully developed until around age 24 or 25, You might get them interested in the neuroscience of it, how the brain works, and and then you can maybe have a conversation, bring in the topic of how do drugs work in the brain. I think, first of all, you have to get them interested in learning about the brain. That's the first step. And then when you've captured their attention and their interest about that, then you can move on to talk about how drugs work in the brain. That's a much better approach than simply sitting with a kid and saying drugs are bad.
0: Yeah, well, here are the clear cut
1: facts and you can look at this and right. see what's happening. Right. Exactly. That's you know, and, and do your own research if you want and 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 look at it yourselves. But um but the issue is how do drugs affect the developing brain and how important it is for you as a teenager to protect that brain.
0: I think teens are often just so in the moment, though. It's like they're not worried about their future brain or it just seems like an uphill battle sometimes.
1: It is an uphill uphill battle, uh, but it's the one thing that I found working with teenagers that uh, stands a chance of capturing their attention. Because if I were to tell them that drugs are bad and drugs are illegal, they don't care, they shut me down, they're not going to listen. But when I did talk to them about the neuroscience and I showed them a picture of the brain and what the brain's responsible for and all the areas of the brain and what they do, they were interested in that. And then when I showed them uh, where marijuana attaches itself to in the brain, a, a picture of that is in my book. That captured their attention. They were interested in seeing how marijuana works in the brain. They wanted to know. Uh, and, and when I could show that to them, it, 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 it caught their attention. And, and at that point, that's probably the best you can do is get their attention. You mm-hmm. know, when it comes to talking about these substances, the first step is getting their attention because so many times you can't even get their attention on this. So if you can get their attention and open that door, you might have a chance of being able to have a discussion with them about the importance of these drugs as they impact their brain.
0: One thing I like about your book and things that you've mentioned in the past is that you can hit this early, like you don't have to wait for a child to be a, a deep addict to start giving them treatment or start helping them. So what are some of the early warning signs you can look for?
1: Well, you, you you can and you probably should start talking to your child when they're in elementary school. and And that's a perfect time to start to talk to them about the brain. Uh, You don't have to talk to them about drugs and alcohol at that early age or that young age, but you can talk to them about the brain. You can get their curiosity going. You can get their interest going on the brain so that they become uh, motivated to want to learn about their brain in elementary school. Then when they have that concept down in elementary school, as they move into the middle school and high school years where they already they have a good understanding of the importance of the brain and how it works, then you can then you can introduce how substances work in the brain. Um, So I would begin at an early age if your child is young and start to educate them on the importance of protecting their brain. And as they get a little older, I would start to introduce them how drugs work in the brain.
0: But what's an early stage warning sign?
1: Well, it it, it depends on how early. Uh, some of these kids will get into using, um, you know, inhalants at a very young age. Household products that are around there. I think, regardless of the age of the child, um, what you want to pay attention to are changes that you see in your child you know your child as a parent better than anyone else. So pay attention to the changes that you see in your child, regardless of the age of that child. Uh, Pay attention to the changes. Be curious as to why you're seeing these changes. Don't assume it's just acting out behavior, although it may very well be that. Don't assume it's just adolescent behavior. It could be that too. But it also might be an a signal that there's something else going on underneath the surface that you need to be aware of. So pay attention to the changes. If these changes come and go fairly quickly, it might not be too concerning. But if they linger on and you begin to see more and more changes in your child, then I think you might want to get some assessments done so you can get some professional advice as to what, if anything, is really going on. So I really think it's important that parents take note of the changes they see going on in their child.
0: Often drug addiction is the symptom of a bigger problem. Like the problem is mental health. The symptom is using substances. I I have this young person who I know where they're smoking pot probably all day. And they say, well, it helps calm me down when I'm angry. And what I've said to them is like, have you tried antidepressants? And and they say, no, I don't want to I don't want to be on drugs. And it's like, well, you're already on drugs. Like, Maybe let's find the drugs the doctor says is the right amount of whatever chemical you need.
1: Well, unfortunately and sadly, there are too many cases where uh, we miss the fact that a child is using a substance to medicate an underlying and often undiagnosed mental health issue. The example that I would share with you is that many of the teenagers that I worked with that were smoking marijuana frequently, uh, when I asked them to help me understand why they were smoking so much marijuana, the number one answer that came back was it helps me with my anxiety. So for many kids, not all, but for many kids, they're using a substance to medicate an underlying psychological issue that, that sadly, unfortunately, has been undiagnosed. And untreated and they're using that substance because they have found out that it works and it works quickly so the child who's smoking marijuana to get rid of anxiety finds out that it does reduce the intensity of their anxiety Um, and and many times those underlying reasons are are not diagnosed and not treated and the child suffers uh, and and stumbles on a illicit drug like marijuana uh, that they find out actually helps them, and um, you know they're like everybody else. Nobody likes to have an uncomfortable thought, feeling, or memory, and we're gonna uh, we're not gonna sit with it. We're gonna try and get rid of it, and um, unfortunately, in too many cases, uh, the um, the solution is found in a substance.
0: it's going back to the brain chemistry side does marijuana really reduce their anxiety or does it delay it and it comes back twofold later? Or how
1: does that work? Oh, you're absolutely right. It it will have an immediate uh, impact of of, of helping uh, ease the anxiety, but it has a rebound effect which means that over time, it will tend to um, make the anxiety worse. Uh, And then a tolerance uh, builds up and the child begins to rely more and more on marijuana. And then in some cases, uh, they are chronically using marijuana. So although it may provide immediate relief uh, in the long run, it sort of uh, backfires uh, and boomerangs and uh, makes the anxiety even worse.
0: I'm most concerned about young people who've been through extreme trauma. Like yeah. I get there's a biological your brain chemistry is part of it, but I've worked with a lot of youth who have had really traumatic circumstances and they just seem incredibly prone to substance use.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and it's a good example of an intense emotional crisis that the that 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 moves the child to get their relief. Through a substance, so it's a good example of how, in too many cases, a a child is using a substance to medicate an underlying issue. It it may be it may be trauma, it might be some form of abuse, or it might be an underlying psychological issue like depression or anxiety or an emerging personality disorder. Uh, but but they all uh, all get back to the issue of uh, often oftentimes an undiagnosed psychological issue that has not been diagnosed, has not been treated, and has pushed that child to using a substance to get the relief that they want.
0: Do you have any quick tips of what worked best
1: with your patients that you saw success in? Yeah, when I worked with them, what worked was, again, getting back to the neuroscience because that captured their attention. You know, the first thing you've got to do is get their attention. Are there other things you would suggest, like if
0: a child is exercising more, does that take down their risk of addiction? Or are there other things you can do at home to build protective factors around them?
1: Well, there are things that you can do. I mean, um, no child is totally protected. There's protective environments, but no child is totally protected. And and unfortunately, I think many parents are under the assumption that this is something that happens to other kids. It doesn't happen to their kid. Uh, but I can tell you that there is no child that's totally protected. It doesn't matter uh, where you live, urban, suburban, rural area. It doesn't matter what church you go to. It doesn't It doesn't matter what your income level is. It doesn't matter, um, you know, uh, what school you send your child to. All children are vulnerable to being captured by alcohol and drugs. So the best thing that parents can do is pay attention to the changes that you see in your child and learn the warning signs so that you can, if necessary, intervene at an early stage and catch this before it progresses to becoming a crisis.
0: So what about if you're a parent and you have your own addiction challenges, maybe you smoke cigarettes or drink too much alcohol, you're kind of being a bad example, but you still wanna talk to your children because you want them to be healthy, what would you recommend?
1: I recommend that you talk to them about some of the negative consequences that you yourself have faced as a result of your addiction, whether it's uh, alcohol or or marijuana or or any drug drug or substance, you know, if if you can have a conversation about how the use of that substance has caused problems in your life or how it's made your life more difficult. uh, I I think that can be a learning experience uh, uh, to share with them, you know, some of the negative consequences that have happened to you as a result of your use, even if you're still using, um, you know, chances are there are some disadvantages or negative things that have happened to you as a result of your use, and you can share those with, with the child.
0: That's some really strong advice there. What, what scares me the most recently is fentanyl. I do yeah. work in secure facilities sometimes, and it's a real growing problem there. And what's so scary about it is a young person could just get a pill from a friend that they think is something, and then they accidentally OD. How, how do you talk to your children about fentanyl, or how do you prevent that?
1: Well, you've you've raised a, an excellent point in that um, the the real danger of fentanyl among the adolescent population is that it is potentially. Uh, within another substance that they're not aware of um, you know it's not that they're going to go looking for fentanyl and take fentanyl uh, that's very rare uh, but what's more likely to happen is is what you mentioned in that it will be hidden within a drug um, that they, that they do want to take and 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 they don't know that fentanyl has been mixed in with it and so they take the drug and they only overdose on the fentanyl and, and could potentially die from it. So parents, I think, need to be aware that this fentanyl problem is a serious problem and that the danger to adolescents is that it might be within another substance that they're, that they're out there trying to get. And unfortunately, it is many times. And the child ends up taking a drug uh, not knowing that the fentanyl was laced in it and then um, you know, and then you know, have a, a serious uh, effect, uh, result from it.
0: So is this just about creating awareness among your children, like be careful if you take a pill, it, it could have fentanyl.
1: That's exactly what it is. It's it's making your child your child aware that any time they buy a street drug, any time they buy a street drug, there is a possibility it might be laced with fentanyl or cocaine, or something other than what they thought they were buying on the street. It's always dangerous to buy these drugs on the street, because you never know what's in them.
0: I've heard it mentioned that young people can even buy drugs off Facebook sometime that seems intense.
1: Um, It wouldn't surprise me, you know, that that these drugs are readily available uh, through a number of channels, whether it be social media, whether it be off the street, whether it be on the market. Um, And and when when we ask kids how easy it is, is it for you to get a drug? How easy is it for you to get marijuana, for example? Eighty-some percent of these kids tell us it's no big deal. So these drugs are readily available and kids know how to get them.
0: Well, I just want to thank you for taking the time to come back and talk with us and share all this information. Is there any closing thoughts or ideas that you'd like to leave us with?
1: Uh, I recommend that parents that want to learn more about this, uh, including the warning signs, pick up a copy of my book, uh, The Addicted Child, A Parent's Guide to Adolescent Substance Abuse. It's available on Amazon. It's also available through the book's website, which is www.helptheaddictedchild.com. It's a great read. So thank you so much. Thanks, Bobby. Appreciate you taking the time to talk
0: to me. Thank you, Richard Capriola. Always appreciate it whenever you have the time to come on the show. HelpTheAddictedChild.com. This has been The Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. I'm Bobby Williams. We'll see you next week. Peace.